Well, welcome to another episode of The John Sterling Show. My name is John Sterling, and uh, this podcast is powered by BRC Recovery and their mission to serve our nation's warriors uh, in the recovery space. As a U.S. Army veteran of 13 years, it's my distinct privilege to uh, bring this platform to our listeners, placing a spotlight on this amazing organization and the hope the joy they provide for uh, those that they serve, as well as presenting an alternate mindset of thriving versus shame and stigma. And we also are going to provide, most importantly, uh, a voice of advocacy for our brothers and sisters, my brothers and sisters, my guest brothers and sisters uh, in arms. And that being said, today, I'm really, really excited uh, to be able to chop it up and hang out for a little bit with a gentleman that I was just introduced to. Gerard, please introduce yourself. Hey, thanks for having me, John. Absolutely excited. I'm Gerard, and uh, I am uh, an alumni of BRC Recovery. Outstanding. And I'm also a veteran. You are a veteran. Yes, all sir. right. So you are uh, checking all the blocks today uh, <laughs> for our listeners. And, and really, interestingly, everything that um, this call is predicated on, um, this opportunity to, to – to, it's not a call, it's uh, this – opportunity to to speak i do so many zoom calls i'm in in call mode <laughs> but this interaction this engagement is predicated on trust honestly i would not have met you gerard uh, if it had not been for uh, a guy by the name of tim may mm. who we both know but you know him yeah. much more than Good i do friend of mine absolutely, absolutely. and so utilizing that thread of trust just as an entry point into kind of any relationship and specifically in the ground that we're going to be covering today. Um, when you think about the opportunity to speak to me about a further opportunity as a, what we're calling advocacy board member, someone who can come to the table and, uh, and advocate for those that are uh, in a place where you used to be. Um, when you think of a guy like Tim, um, what gave you the confidence that, well, let me go ahead and talk to this guy named John because Tim said so, and this might make sense for me and it might be a good opportunity. <laughs> well, uh, first thing, yeah, I just thank Tim for that opportunity because that's exactly what I feel like it is. Um, I always try to take the opportunity to help somebody else out right. these days. Mm-hmm. I didn't before, but now mm-hmm. I definitely do, and especially veterans, especially sure. my, my, my brothers, my sisters right. in, in the military and, and prior service, right. which I know a lot of them are struggling, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I'll do whatever I can to help them out. If, if it means just talking to you for a sure. little while, right. I, I can do that. Good. No problem. And we, and we had a good time. I was actually in Colorado at the time. And uh, you were here, and we spoke. And, and one of the things um, that hit me right off the bat was just your your willingness. You you seemed like the the pump was already primed for just uh, truth and transparency. And and really, at the time was kind of irrelevant. I think you might have asked me several times if I had enough time, and I'm like, I'm calling you, brother. I, you know, you're you're the well that I'm trying to draw from. So um, I think you know. But part of that, going back again real quickly to, to the trust and, and maybe even a culture question. Um, I, I know that Tim was the person that kind of reached out to you, mm-hmm. uh, but he's got a friend that we know as well. Her name's Mandy Baker. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and Mandy's the, the tip of the spear out there at BRC and she's a leader. And, and I guess what I want to try to connect dots on 
is the aspect of Tim May and his disposition as a leader and how you connect Tim with Mandy and like it all makes sense like if, if Mandy's brought John to the table and and John is being introduced to Tim and Tim's introduced like how does that resonate with you on the back end from a human standpoint from a trust standpoint having gone through the program of BRC absolutely uh first thing uh Tim and Mandy two of my favorite people mm. so I mean that's a no-brainer for me right uh I, I trust them absolutely uh Tim and I uh, we have a great relationship, and I've I've known Mandy for a while now as well, and uh, I just love what they are uh, they believe in, what they're driving at, what they do out there. They help so many people, uh, and myself included. Mm. So um, I just love I just love what they're doing out there, and yeah, absolutely. So if, if it's about trust, and it's no problem there. Uh, that's that's awesome. And, and again, now we. We kind of tighten the shot group, as we'd say in the military, and we look at a specific group of individuals called veterans. And what I was told was that, um, yeah, BRC, we we serve veterans, we have served veterans, and maybe it was a little gray as far as how many and what the outcomes have been, but clearly there were some things going on that validated that at least that population was being addressed, but they wanted to be a lot more intentional about that. Mm. And I think, though, that there's a there's a narrative that goes with being a veteran. And, and you were kind enough just to send me a, a little bit of a bio. And really what I loved about your bio, it was a testimony. It wasn't an administrative check the block bullet points. It was, it was a story that I literally, frankly, as I'm now becoming, I'll never be a card-carrying member of this community because that's just not my background, but you're a human and you went through some things, right? Mm-hmm. I'm looking at this, this testimony right in front of me. Um, and you, you mentioned some words that end with less jobless, homeless, hopeless, which all of those things. And I think probably hope is probably the number one thing. If, even if you don't have a job and you have hope, there's something. And we started off this conversation with BRC being, um, in a position to be a broker of hope. And I want you to go back just briefly and, and you can, you can enfold in some of the military as well, but how did the loss of hope impact you across both those domains as a civilian and as a service member? Yeah. Well, I'll try to be brief about that. No, but. I mean, bottom <laughs> yeah. line is we got some time and, and people need to hear your story. Well, I'll tell you, you know, it, I definitely didn't start out hopeless, you know, mm. um, especially e- even with if we're talking about uh, recovery stuff, talking about drugs and alcohol and stuff like that. In fact, at the beginning, it, it didn't bring me that. It, it, it gave me a lot of hope, actually, <laughs> because, mm. you know, the first time, the very first time I took a drink. Or a drug, I loved it. Sure. I loved everything about it, and I and as my bio says, that this is how I want to feel. Right, this is for the, life. the rest of my life. Right, you know, it was like hard to explain. But it was like it felt like the first full breath I ever took. Like, oh, okay, I've arrived. I'm here. You know, this is this is awesome. Wow. And I chased that feeling for the better part 
of uh, I don't know, decade and a half. You wow. know, after that, um, and and that was at uh, twelve or thirteen years old. Mm. So uh, started started pretty pretty young there, and um, you know, kind of went from there. But with the hope thing, losing it. I mean, this is a unfortunately this is a progressive illness. Mm. And what I mean by that is is a bunch of things, but it's progressive in the fact that you know I have to you know drink more or use more to to get the desired effect. Um, but also progressive is in consequences too; they keep going up as well. Mm. And not just not just the physical stuff; it's the mental, mm. and the, the 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 internal stuff mm. that that really gets rocked. Mm. And I think that's really where. At the end, I lost all the the hope. Um, like I said, I was jobless, um, I, I, and I just couldn't just function in society anymore. Um, and I was just depressed. Mm. I, I burned bridges right and left because you know at that point when it's you know if someone's getting between my drugs and alcohol right. and them. And they said, make a choice. I mean, it's not like I don't love those people or my job or anything right. like that. Right. But unfortunately, I've kind of lost the power of that to even make a choice anymore. Wow. I don't have a choice anymore. Wow. I mean, it's like mm. drugs and alcohol became as important as, as eating and breathing and sleeping, you know. And in fact, I, I went without eating. <laughs> if wow. I could get the drugs and right. the alcohol. Right. So, sure. in fact, you know, it takes a pretty high, you know, precedence uh, over over your life. And um, that's at least my uh, experience with it. So, when you lose all that and, you, and, and your family um, needs to step away from you, mm. um, because it's just painful for them to watch this kind of stuff going on right. with me. I'm just crumbling here and um the sad part is i don't even see it in myself for for a long time right and when you do and it really hits you then that hopelessness and it's like i don't know how to get out of this mm. i don't know how to stop mm. i don't know what to do next mm. and i feel like it's everything's too late and i just just so many questions sure. regrets right. shame um, all these these feelings and, right. and stuff like that, which at the time I couldn't even identify. Right. But I know I didn't feel good. <laughs> right. And I didn't know how to get out of it. Right. Um, so thankfully, I uh, my my family and, and some friends uh, kind of rallied and and did an intervention on me finally. But we're talking that was twelve to thirteen years old. Mm. I didn't get into BRC until I was almost twenty nine years old. Wow. So, and that was your first, my recollection, that was the first time you went into a recovery that was, program? This is my first recovery program, first introduction to any kind of recovery. Right. Um, and uh, it's the best possible thing that could have happened to me. Wow. And um, oh, that's, you know. that's, that's great. Something I remember about our phone call, you, um, you redefined the word disease for me. You talked about disease being dis- Dis-ease. Unease. Right, I'm uneased all the Talk time. Talk about what anyone else in recovery already knows about, but explain and articulate that to our listeners. 
And we're going to use that as an entry point because nobody likes to feel uneasy. No one likes that. But explain, because you were really on point with that. Let's, let's, let's break that down. Well, sure. I uh, hope I can recapture that. But uh, for me, it's just this, 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 this restlessness, mm-hmm. this kind of this irritability all the time. Right. And this discontentment. And no matter where I go, I can't be there. I got to be somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and then when I get the things I want, it doesn't make me happy. You know, it, it doesn't matter. I'm just uneased, mm. diseased mm. all the time. And um, I'll tell you, even the worst part about that is that you're, you're with people you love, you're with family, you're with friends and everything. Right. You're surrounded by people. Right. And I feel lonely. And I feel wow. not just uncomfortable, just not even can't stand it. Right. And and the only thing that, you know, made me feel at ease was drugs and alcohol. Mm. Once I put those things into my body. And sometimes it was even before that. You know that? Sometimes really? it was going to my dealer, going to the store to get that. Getting in motion. <sighs> yeah. I'm already feeling good, right? Yeah. That's amazing. I didn't even put anything in my body yet. And I'm right. still... so. Just the, the the power of that over the mind and, and the body, and it's all connected. It's all right. connected. Right. It's uh, it's it's scary, and, and you don't really notice it, but you do know what works. Right. The worst part was when it stopped working as well as it used to work. Mm. And then, then you're really in trouble because I don't have a solution anymore. I don't have a solution to this disease, this unease that I'm right. feeling all the time. And right. even now I'm getting high, I'm getting drunk. I still have that. Right. And then I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. I don't know. Sorry if I can't. I don't know no, if I say no, that or not. We are, we are uh, full service here. Bottom line is, is that people need to connect with um, your mind. And sometimes when we do that, it's through the words that come out of our mouths. And that's just, it is what it is, brother. Well, I'll tell you, that's one of the scariest feelings in my life, you mm-hmm. know, figuring out that the only thing that's working for me, the only thing that's holding all this, this crap together yeah. right now is that. And now right. they, that even stopped working. I'm talking, I don't have a job. Right. I don't got a girlfriend. I don't, my folks aren't in my life. I burn bridges with family and friends, right. jobs and things like that. Right. And so I have nobody but right, me. Right. And and now the only thing I you know that's been working doesn't work anymore. Now I'm screwed and I have no clue what right. to do. So one of the other things that I thought was really uh, refreshing that came across when we spoke was you were very well acquainted and comfortable. There was a sense of ease with this idea of accountability. And, and owning what is yours. And, and you literally, I remember talking with you and you were, you were kind of hearkening back and calling yourself out on shit that you tried to do um, and things that you didn't feel it now with much more clarity knew were the wrong answer. But let's return to that because I think there's a pivot point. And again, maybe it's a daily thing. I think for me, I, I choose to be accountable. I choose to be, whether it's to my, my wife, my, my colleagues, whatever. But 
help me understand. So you talked, you used used the word intervention. There were people in your life that loved you more than you loved yourself, that ultimately cared about you. And that required accountability. How did that end up working its way into your life and you seeing the value in that, even though it might have been awkward? The accountability. Oh, man. Well, yeah, that's the the funny thing is, you know, so many of us just think that ultimate freedom is is where we'd be happy, where we'd be thriving, where we'd be just no rules, no barbed wire, nothing. That's right. Yeah. But unfortunately, what I found, like I said, hindsight's 2020, you know, when I have accountability in my life, when I have structure, when I have these kind of things, that's where I really thrive. And that's mm. where, in fact, that's where most of us thrive, especially as uh, that struggle with this disease. Right. And um, I definitely found that, uh, that having that in my life is is a just a ginormous part of my success today, for sure. For mm. sure. You know, part of that definitely started in the military. Absolutely. We learn all about accountability. Yeah, we do. We're accountability. We do. To my guy next to me. To my boss, and my boss's boss, and my boss's That's boss's right, right boss, up the chain. and up the country, right? Yep. All the way up, right? So, you know, um, and somewhere along the way, when you get out of that, um, I lost that. I lost that for sure. And, um, you know, sometimes you can't really put your, put your finger on what exactly what, right. what it was that made you so successful in the military and things like that. Because I was. I was successful in the military. Mm. People liked me in the military. Okay. I did a good job. They wanted okay. me to stay. I had to go because... Again, I was restless, irritable, discontent. I was diseased even mm. back then, even mm. back then. And I had to try and, like you said, I, I tried a bunch of different things to, to get out of that kind of stuff. And, and uh, one of them was just to run away. I try that all the time. Try to run from my problems, things like that. Mm. Man, that has not worked out for me too well. Because here's the deal I figured out later. I said, wherever I go, there I there am. There you are. Yeah, you know? Yeah. You know, and and all the crap that I'm taking with me, that's it's all that internal stuff that's messing me up. And man, it sure was. But wow. I tried as hard as I could to outrun it, though. <laughs> right. No, and, and you're speaking truth. And um, I think what you're saying um, is really leading down the path that I was hoping we could naturally go down. And that is as we as we look specifically. Right. We, we know human beings need all this stuff we're talking this is a human conversation but in specifics and we talked about this and i asked you and you've already mentioned it what what is it about brc and what you notice just organically that the the way they do what they do that is conducive to the military mindset and one of the first things you said was structure Mm, right absolutely um and an accountability um and you're exactly right. We all need that and we all want that. But I think recognizing that out loud, having that be a conversation piece and not a thought is, is next level. Uh, Mandy talks a lot about in whatever we do, uh, being thought leaders, Hmm. right? And so thought leaders are people that think process and they, they put it into action, right? And maybe the first action is just you saying to me, you know, I think people function a lot better when they're accountable. I think people who function a lot better with fences and things around them that say, don't go over there, right? Or too close or whatever, yeah, yeah. you know, don't run, range, walk or whatever. And 
people in the military know what we are talking about with that. And we, you know, are trying to prevent negligent discharge and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, but so my question to you is, do you agree with this next statement? There is a clinician that is a veteran that I've had some opportunity, many, uh, that I've had opportunities to connect with, but she made this statement. I want to, to dive into this a little bit and see how you, how you respond to this. She said, oftentimes when we are dealing with the military, we have to meet them where they are. Mm. And that includes their identity. So we've kind of danced around that a little bit. We haven't talked about Absolutely. identity as clinicians, right? And these are typically not going to be veterans, right? We need to tease this out. Is there an issue with identity? Is there an issue with anything like that? Because these are proud individuals and they serve, but they've lost their identity once they become a civilian. Would you agree largely with that statement? Oh, absolutely. hundred percent. That's, you know, it doesn't just go for military people as well. I think everyone builds up an identity inside themselves. And if we get away from that, um, the body, the mind is going to react to that. Mm -hmm. And especially when we're, well, let's go back to the identity of the military person. If you dive it down real deep and look at it and you see what parts of the identity it is, it's like you you are a part of something, Mm. a part of something bigger than yourself. Mm. Not only that, you're part of something, you're, protecting the country whether you mm-hmm. see that or not you mm-hmm. you are part make a of, of of so much yeah you make a difference and you have a family mm. you have a new family mm. and it's a huge one mm. and everywhere you go there's more family there <laughs> right and so you have that and you have that accountability you have a lot of that structure that's all part of the identity absolutely when you say i am this that's part of your identity and and then when you take that away, it leaves you confused. It leaves you wondering, well, what now? What's next? What, or, or what the hell? What the hell happened? That's right. You know. And so, yeah, it's a it's a really dangerous time to that. Um, and, and even people without this, it's it's smart to have a plan after getting out of the military. Right. A, a good one, not mine. Mine was yeah. just like, I need to get out of here because I'm running away from some problems here and uh, I better head back to Montana right. and figure this and go yeah. hide out. Right. You know, uh, that didn't work out. That didn't mm-hmm. work out. But um, coming into BRC was the first time in many years that I, I kind of felt that again um, because of the structure, mm-hmm. because of a lot of the familiar stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not talking about like boot camp, basic training stuff. No, right. it's not as hard as God that or forbid. anything right. like yeah. that. But when I get there, I get back into a routine. Right. They say, go to bed at this time, wake up at this time. And then we got some cleaning duties in the morning and then we're going to do this and then we're going to cook breakfast for each other and then we're going to clean up and then we're going to go to these groups and then we're going to go do this and we're going to go work out and we're going to eat again and this, that, and the other. And I said, yeah. oh, I can do this. Yeah. I can do this. But look, what I just told you before though, I didn't know what the hell to do for the longest time. Right. I had no idea. You know, all those things were in my mind. I was like, oh, I just got to get the girlfriend again. I just got to get a job. I just got to go back to the gym. I just got to do this. But I couldn't do any of those things mm. for months and then for years. Mm. And now all of a sudden, it's there and it's mm. there for me. And then all I got to do is just, oh, I need to go do this. Cool. I can show do that. up. All I got to do is show up. 
Yep. That's what I figured out later. That's like 99% of life is just showing up. Mm. And, um, you know, I, at, by that point, by the time I got to BRC, I was, I was beaten down, broken enough to say, look, if you say that I could, you know, you can change my whole life. Right. I'll do whatever you say. I've heard that many, many, I'll many times. I'll do whatever you say. You bet. And they didn't, never asked me to do anything that was too crazy or out of my, right. <laughs> out of my wheelhouse. Right. It just said, okay, you can start with going to bed at this time, waking up at this time and being here on time and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah. I can do that. I, I, oh, wait, hold, hold on. We remember this, that right? sounds familiar. Yeah. Right place, right uniform. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Preferably 10 minutes ahead of the time. 10 minutes early. <laughs> yeah, that's right. If you're not 10 minutes early, you're late, right? Exactly. I was like, okay, I can do this part. I can do this part. That's but I love that. It went so much deeper than that. Yeah. Because when now with the clinician or Manny, whoever was talking about that, when you're talking about meeting the person where they're at. Yes. That is so vital to do that. Okay. Because everyone's at a, in a kind of different place. Right. Stuff like that. But especially with the military minded, with that attitude, with that, what we just talked about, with all the background of that. If you know that kind of stuff, then you can help them even better. That's right. So meet them where they're at, figure out where they're at, and then we can go from there. For me, right? they quickly discerned that I was pretty good at putting a mop to a floor and pushing it around, cleaning a toilet. A skill, brother. I can do Trust that, me. man. I can yeah. do that. I can cook some eggs, That's stuff right. like that, right? Yeah. I can do all this kind of stuff. I can show up on time. I can shave. I can do it. I'm not shaving right now. I shave my head. But yeah. Anyway. It's good. Not a hair out of place. Uh, yes, right. Actually, they're all out of place. That's they're right. gone. That's right. <laughs> but what I couldn't do was talk about what was going on inside of me. Mm. And guess where I picked that up from? <laughs> I picked that a lot of that up from the military. Same place I did. Yeah. Yeah. And, and look, no, no, no bad mouth in that at all. I love the military. I love right. everything about it. It was, it was fantastic. It was right. great. It was a perfect next step in my life after high school. Right. And, um, you know, it, it straightened me up in a lot of ways, mm. but uh, even the military can't fix my uh, disease and addiction and things like that. Right. That is not in their wheelhouse. Right. You know, um, just have, and we can maybe t touch back on that later, but jump back forward. So yep. I can't talk about this stuff. And one of the reasons why is I can't even identify this stuff. Right. I don't even know what feelings are, basically. We, yeah. yeah. You go back to us, go boys in the military, right? We say, right. how you doing? Good right. or not good, right? right? Or, or even, I love this one. The military, whatever your service, they didn't issue you feelings like your rucksack and your uniform, That's so you right. don't have them. That's right. That's right. That's <laughs> I've heard right. that so many times. Oh, yeah. Starting at basic. Yeah. So, you know, that became part of my identity for sure. And it wasn't just that. I had that before I even joined the military. The right. military just made it bigger, bigger, stronger, whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, and uh, and the, the sad thing is looking back, man, at... You know, especially people, and maybe we can touch on this later, but sure. people with PTSD, things mm -hmm. like that. I was fortunate not, not to have that. But sometimes the only time people could talk about that kind of stuff, talk about their feelings, was when they were really drunk. Sure. And that was the only time they get vulnerable enough, I guess a good word to say. Right. Or comfortable enough. Sure. To talk to somebody about it. And they didn't just talk to anybody about it. They talked to somebody who had... Lived experience. Lived experience, or at least someone 
who they liked, who they trusted. Right. We, we, we started with that, right? That's Trust. right. That's right. And so, you know, that's one thing that, that BRC is very, very good at. We start on that basis. We can talk about basis and trust. In fact, everyone that works there has this similar experience of addiction, mm-hmm. alcoholism, things like that. So they know. They know what we've been feeling. They know what we've been doing. Probably better than me. Mm-hmm. Because I can't even identify that stuff yet. Mm-hmm. So what they did, they kind of had to pull it out of me. It's like pulling teeth with me. Sure. But <laughs> guess what? They met me where I was at. They said, okay, he doesn't have a problem with this stuff. He can take orders. He can follow. He can lead sometimes. Right. Or he can get out of the way, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we don't want you to get out of the way. We want you to stay right here. We want you to do this. And that was the hardest fucking thing I've ever had to do in my life. Mm. In fact, look back. That's exactly why I was drinking and using for at least the past five years is to not deal with those, whatever it was, and now I know it's feelings, things <laughs> undealt with sure. that don't go away if you just push them down or just shove them to the side or in the back of the mind. They're still there. They're right. still growing and, and just, you know, really, but it's like more like rotting food, like in a refrigerator. That's right. And uh, I never... I don't want to go in there. It's a dirty refrigerator. I don't want to clean it out. Right. But guess what? No one else is going to come clean out my refrigerator in my head. Nope. In here. But that's exactly what I needed to do. Mm. And that's exactly what BRC helped me do. Mm. And uh, and uh, introduction to all of that stuff is so vital. Mm. So vital to the rest of my life. Mm. And and now I can see it's not just not just for getting sober. Right. For relationships, That's right. for for family, for jobs, right. for you know, right. I, I mean, I don't want to jump ahead too much, but I get out of there armed with this, with these new tools that I'm yeah. learning, armed with knowledge about myself That's a little right. bit more, knowledge about other people, and now I'm showing up like a freaking rock star at yes, these you jobs, are. and I'm wondering yep. why, you know what I mean? But guess what? I learned a lot of that in the military. Yeah. Learned a lot of that in the military. Right. We are more prepared. For the civilian world, than we think we are for, for damn sure. Yep. And and uh, but if unfortunately if we suffer from this disease, this disease, this unease, you're yes. feeling if if anyone can identify with that, that's right. Then we're at a severe disadvantage. Right. And you know, I just like to think of it that way. It's like, well, look, if we can identify what right. that is, right. You know, I, I would say. In military stuff, they'd say, let's identify that and let's take care of that. That's right. Find the target. That's right. You know, ready, ready, aim, shoot, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Shoot first, aim later, whatever, man, let's take care of it. That's right. You know? That's right. You know, what I love about what what you're saying again, and I've had this experience multiple times this week as we've been hearing the stories of, of others that have served our country, that are in recovery, um... And you're you're surrounded by people that are willing to come alongside you and teach you lessons that are transferable in nature. So, again, now you're the rock star, right? But some of the most difficult people that we need to bring on board with this new normal are our actual family mm. and our relatives and the people that we call mom, dad, brother, sister, aunt, uncle – Absolutely. And my understanding is BRC does a really good job of holistically 
bringing that tribe together so everybody goes down the path of healing. And we're not just focusing on Gerard, the dude that's messed up. Because when he comes back, he might be better off than the family. And the family doesn't know how to deal with all that because they're living in the past. But tell me how the experience was with you as it regards the process you just have been explaining, but then that intersection with family and how did BRC, you know, um, address that? Well, sure. Uh, first things first, this, this disease is not just a one person thing. Like you were just saying, this is a family disease. It affects everybody. And that's unfortunate because a lot of us say, it's like, look, it's my choices. This is what I'm doing to my own life. Like, right. don't worry about it. Well, guess what? It, it, that, that doesn't apply to people who love you and care about you. They're going to continue to care about you and love you and worry about you. Right. And um, and when when parents get put in fear, sometimes they do crazy things. Sure. We all do, right, sure. when we're in fear. Yes. But, you know, I don't have any kids personally, but I understand. I, I slightly can understand. It's like you think about, you know, your child's in trouble. You do anything to help them out. That's right. Right. Well, I, I don't know how much that changes when they get older. Okay. Maybe not just not as cute anymore, right. but you still right. love them. Kind and of they thing. smell. <laughs> right. But in a different way. Point is. Yeah. Yeah. The family's got to heal too. Yep. And part of that is a big part of that. What BRC especially does is educate the family on this disease, mm. um, all the ins and outs of it and, and what it affects and how it affects. And when, when parents understand that they kind of just like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. Right. They kind of wrap their heads around it just a little bit more, but some things you just won't look, look, if your parents aren't addicts or alcoholics, they're not going to completely understand. Right. Because I mean, well, think about it in another way, something else that I don't understand, but I can empathize with, I right. guess, you know, right. it would be, you know, an eating disorder sure. or, uh, shopaholic or, right. you know, whatever. That's I'm right. like, I don't have those problems. Right. But I know it's a real thing and people do have that, you know, but, but so parents look, it's like, why do you keep doing this stuff to yourself? Okay. Right. And so when they start getting educated on why are they doing kind of what I just talked about in the beginning, remember when I said drugs and alcohol were as important to me as breathing. That's right. All right. And it really is on that level. Yeah. Okay. Well, then the parents can start, start to understand a mm. little bit better where my mind's at. Right. And Hopefully, and <laughs> we get in recovery. Thankfully, I found a better solution, right. a better solution, and a more powerful solution. Because you need that to take the place of this, this powerful addiction, this right. powerful hold on you. Right. Okay? You got to replace it with something. You can't just take something away. Right. Anytime I tried to just take it away, it didn't make anything better. Mm. In fact, I felt more diseased, uneased without wow. it. Right. So just removing the drugs and the alcohol never made me feel any better. Mm. So if I'm not replacing wow. that with something. Okay. Right. And so anyway, sorry to be long winded about no, this no, kind I, of I, stuff. These are, but... these are great answers. And, and again, I, I already had talked to you. Yeah. And the reason I talk to people ahead of time is I see how you roll and you are like me. The word is loquacious. You like to talk. That's right. And we both <laughs> like to talk. So we don't really honestly have enough oxygen in this room for both of us. But I love that. Well, listen, John, I'm I'm excited about this because I had a phenomenal experience with this. That's right. I'm talking, I met the four horsemen of the apocalypse. They were my friends. 
Mm. I didn't want them to be my friends. Mm. Okay. What this place did for me, uh, they removed that. They removed that. Mm. And just do it myself. Look, you still got to do the work. Right. But you don't have to do it alone. Mm. That's what I want people to know, too. You're not alone out there. You don't have to do this alone. You right. have to do the work individually. Right. But to have a place like this is show me the way. It guide me along. I mean, uh, I, I can't tell you how much gratitude I have for right. that. You know, Absolutely. and being sober for nine years now. I was going to ask you, I, I knew it was knocking on the door 10, yeah. but nine years. Okay. Yeah. I have nothing but just great memories of, of my time at PRC. Right. Because I, I don't know if I'd been happy for about five, six, seven years before that. Wow. And all of a sudden, you know, a month or so into it, now I'm smiling. Now yeah. I'm a little happy, laughing at a joke. Yep. And when I got there, I said, why the hell are these people smiling and laughing and stuff like that? And these must, these jokers must be full of it. And you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're talking, they're like, no, I've been right where you are. I've done the same things you did. I said, now you're sober? I said, bullshit, you know, at first. Because sure. look, I hadn't been able to put today, uh, uh, put together a day, one day. I could not put 24 hours together sober. No right. way. Right. Absolutely. And people are telling me they have a week sober, a month sober, blew my mind. Mm. Tell me I get, they got a year sober, two years sober, you must be lying. Right. You drank and, and did drugs like I do, you feel like I do, you put that importance level at right below air. Right. Okay. How are you staying, you know, how exactly. are you doing that? Right. No way. Right. Well, they say, oh, well, we did this. We did this right here. Right. Just what you're doing. And part of it. Is the hard stuff. Yeah. Talking about stuff inside, things like that. But they promised me if I did this stuff, I'll have an experience like that too. I said, all right, a little skeptical, but you know, you as as a military man, hey, I'll do it. You know, I didn't I didn't always love the job of the military either, That's but right. guess what? You That's gotta right. do it. You gotta do it. And uh best way to do it is just jump in and do it. So Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And one of the things we're gonna talk about a little bit later <clears throat> is the idea of navigating and sometimes when we talk about land navigation if the point is way out there and you can't see it no. you have to do the small things in between and check your azimuth and look at you know just this between this tree and that tree yeah right and keep your head up and we'll t we're going to talk about all that um but i want to go back to this idea of confronting and not covering feelings and that's your words that's what you said to me yeah and Confrontation is something we in the military know well. Hmm. We know how to to aggress. We know how to you know hit the target, right? But when it's the target is we talk in the military, you know, asymmetrical fighting tactics, and we don't really know what the enemy's doing. And if the enemy is inside you and you're oblivious to its tactics and techniques, how do you do that? Unless you have people that are saying, "Come follow me," right? Yeah. But you're saying as a grown man, like, I don't think you had any lack of testosterone, ego, or alphas, you and I both. <laughs> and you're sitting here telling me that that notion of emotion and learning to speak that dialect is really what became a game changer. My question is, as it regards your family, how were those emotional questions, concerns, conversations with your family? family and did did you feel like there was equal benefit there absolutely uh but first thing is just 
so uncomfortable talking about that kind of stuff, man. I don't know if if, if anyone out there's like like that, but uh, it's just it's just awkward, uncomfortable stuff, mm-hmm. especially at first, especially mm-hmm. at first. But like you said, it's 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 in there. It's the it's crucial. It's crucial part of all of that stuff. But once you do have that stuff, absolutely, yeah, we connect. We can reconnect with the family. Like mm-hmm. I said, I was estranged from them for a long time. Mm-hmm. I said, Drew, we love you, but we can't. We can't. You know, <laughs> we 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 hate to see this. What you're what you're doing to yourself. So right. we got to take a step back. And that was smart. Other other parents don't do that. It's and it, like I said, out of fear, so they mm-hmm. try to keep them close, and that unfortunately typically doesn't even work either. Um, you know, give them stuff. Don't get, you know whatever doesn't, doesn't matter because if you do, it's just kind of enabling it. You know, but my my parents cutting me off for um, you know any kind of support and things like that. I bet that was really hard for them. Oh yeah. Um, but it is exactly what I needed mm. for sure. This this probably might have gone on a lot longer, you know, than it had, because you know the pain of that that separation, you know, um, is tough for sure, mm. for sure. But um, where am I going here? Well, the emotion, right, and the family, like, yeah, that's we know it's awkward, yeah. But I want to hear the hope. I want to hear like, however, that's right. Well, however. <laughs> <laughs> Once we break down some of that stuff, um, oh man, I, I got to go back though. I got to go back for a sure, second. Sure, that's though. fine. Okay, just another th- with BRC. Okay, yeah. to break down that stuff. First thing I had to break down some of my old belief systems around that kind of stuff. Mm. Talking about these feelings is not cool. Talking about these feelings is not manly. Talking about these feelings, it means you're weak. Right? Well, it's the exact opposite, mm. but. When, when you have these mindsets, these old belief systems built up, it's going to really hinder pro- any progress in any area of your life. Whatever mindset you have on something, if it's not an open one, mm. it's going to be really hard to change that. Those set belief systems, part of my identity. There you right? go. Yep. And so smashing some of those old delusions, old belief systems and stuff like that. And they said, okay, we get it, but would you try it anyway? You know, kind yeah, of things sure. like, okay. Yeah. And just holding up the mirror in front of me. It's mm. like, look, man, this is you. This is you. No, don't look away. You mm. got to look at this. This is you. Mm. And that's funny because, you know, even that term, I, I, I don't know if I could even, <sighs> the, the, like the last, Three years or so before I got sober, I couldn't look myself in the eyes in the mirror anymore. Mm. I, I'll shave and stuff like that, but I don't want to make an eye contact, right? Mm. I mean, it's just a whole nother level of just yep. the hopelessness, right? Sure. It goes into that. Sure. Anyway, so we fast forward. I start to hurdling some of those things or, or crawling or being dragged, you know, whatever right, it right. is, helped along. Uh, I, I can be a slow learner sometimes. Sure. But the benefits of that, oh, my God, absolutely. The However, now with the family, so much better. With relationships, so much better. We talk about this kind of stuff. Mm. On a little bit deeper level, it's like I'm feeling good or not good, you right. know. We can go a little bit deeper than sure. that. And it's not even that uncomfortable anymore either. Right. And and that's where I can actually have relationships with people. That's mm. where I can make some connections. Mm. That's where we can build some more trust back because that's really the biggest thing. I lost a lot of trust with a lot of people and especially with the people you love. Yep. Those are the people you really burn the bridges down. Those are the people you really trust. 
because I don't know how many times I told him, I'm sorry, and I won't do it again. And then did it again, and then again, and then again, and then one more time, and then 10 more times after that. Right. And I'm not the only one that that's happened to either. And uh, and so it's really hard to, to build some trust back with whether that be parents, wives, right, children, that's right, family members, friends, yeah. jobs. <laughs> no, well, and again, that's that's the thing about character. Yeah, character is not easily compartmentalized. Mm. We can try, but you <laughs> follow yourself everywhere in every there. You, you know. Everywhere you go, there you are. Absolutely. So I love that. And and what I also love is the fact that, and this happens with regularity in these kind of conversations, that we, by virtue of the words that are coming out of our mouth that start as thoughts, free people up to start thinking so they can say it. Mm-hmm. We're now saying things for hundreds and hundreds of people, if not thousands, that are saying, one, wow, he just said that. I would love to be able to say that. I'd love to be able to look in the mirror and, you know, be that self-aware. But you're doing that. And that's part of why this platform for me is so important because it's it's not just two guys chopping it up about a recovery deal. It's leadership. Hmm. Oh, it yeah. is leadership at its core, right? We, who did we start off with? Tim May and Mandy Baker. Hmm. They're leaders. Oh, absolutely. They're doing what they're doing on a really high level. Hmm meaning impact because they're leaders and they put that stuff out there. And so that leads me to um, where we're going to, to start talking about more of this advocacy idea, right? Because when I, when I came to you, you knew enough to trust me to have the rest of the conversation. And we talked about being a board member of our advocacy board and, and, and what, what you're doing for me right now is you're qualifying yourself. You're overqualified, matter of fact, for that role. <laughs> Just so you know. All right. <laughs> but the point being is we at BRC, and I say we because I'm part of the team that's helping to bring this to fruition, hmm. have to be in a position where our lived experience helps other people to win. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. To win. And win is an acronym. And because we're both in the military, we love acronyms, absolutely. right? Absolutely. Whether we know what they mean or not. <laughs> so in this instance, we're talking about three distinct things that you, you're already you're already helping people win on this call, trust me. But it's the idea of welcoming, and we, we've, we've actually touched on that, whether you know it or not, inspiring, and that word navigating. Mm. So it, it, at BRC... My question is, and you've already done this in spades, how would you determine, because we've already, we've already established that BRC might be the place to be for a veteran, like it's set up already. Yeah. We're, 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 we're doing some of the right things. Some of the infrastructure is good. I mean, all these things, you, you keep going back to, well, let me just let you know, this is what BRC did for me. It's, it's, it's a lived experience. How do you help somebody to become welcome and feel welcome how would you do that? If I literally brought you out there and sat you in the admissions office and said, every veteran that walks in here, you welcome them. How would that look? Absolutely. Uh, like you said before, kind of meeting someone where they're at, that starts with getting to know somebody. Mm. That starts with listening, some active listening, mm. seeing what they're going through, what they've been. But 
in my case, for sure, what they're willing to share with me too, because, you know, I was pretty closed off at first too, but I can at least share that with somebody else, especially if they're not opening up. Mm. And I can tell them, look, I've been there exactly where you are. And to say bullshit, and I can tell them a couple of stories and they'll be like, oh, okay, maybe, <laughs> maybe we're more, you know, simpatico than that. Okay. So, you know, that it starts with that. It's, it's, it starts with, you know, you're not a bad person. Mm. You're not, you're not a failed mm. object of society. Mm. You know, you have a mental illness that is killing you. And unfortunately, it affects not only you, but your entire family. Mm. And when you look at that, have you, have you, do you feel like you've ruined relationships? You feel like you've burned bridges? Do you feel like that? It's like, well, I have to. But guess what? They can be repaired. They can be rebuilt. We're really good at building things. We're really good at rebuilding things. Mm. In fact, recovered is to regain, to get back. Part of that's the building, right? But I, I want you on this team. That's what I'm saying too. Wow. I don't. I don't even just. You're not a failed thing. Like I need you. In fact, I need your specific experience. Right. You're relevant to yeah. help somebody else. That's right. That's all I want you to do. Yeah. You do this solid. I'm going to I'm going to show you the way. Mm. I'm going to navigate you mm. towards where you you mm. want to be. Right. All you got to do for me in return is nothing for me. I just want you to help somebody else out. Right. If you can. And you're basically talking about showing up. Just showing up. Yeah. Talking. That's right. That's it. That's it. That's all. That's it. That's powerful uh when you reassure somebody of who they are. Because we already know that people have lost their identity. Let's, for, you I mean, forget the obvious. Like, if you're, we're in the military, now you're not, you've lost your identity, right? I can no longer look at you. You can't look at me and decide what my rank is, what cool things I've done, whatever. My uniform's going to communicate to you, right? I had a young man in here the other day that was uh, in an unfortunate circumstance where he actually arrived at basic training as an addict mm. and never made it through the process. Yeah. And, he also got injured, and you know as well as I do, to be injured in basic training is terribly stigmatizing. Mm. You become that guy very quickly. And he told me, he says, you know, John, not only was I that guy and all the other young privates around me, but I was that guy to myself. Yep. I was drinking the Kool-Aid myself. Like, yeah, I'm a piece of you know what, yep. right? I'm buying it. So for you, full circle to be able to identify with somebody and say, actually... I know what you think you are, and that is not who you are. That's right. Your actions aren't defining who you are. So that, that's, that's awesome. So in that context, we may have answered the inspiration, but how do you then inspire some? Let's just say a person is just like, just like you. Really? Really? You're, you've been not drinking for a week, a month, a year? I'm calling bullshit on that. Yeah. Right? How do you inspire someone despite their disposition? How do you continue to keep them moving along? Oh, well. You specifically, because again, we're, let's, let's get really drilled in here. You were just saying, we need everybody's story. So what, what does Gerard's story do to contribute to inspiration? My story, I connect with people. I connect with, with people and especially with how they're feeling. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because that, that's, that's the one common denominator that I've seen personally 
and I feel it where I feel it too. I feel it right in here. Mm. Some people's up here too, but it's right in here. It's this deep, dark, oh, this, ugh, this, 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 and ease. I can't get it out of me. I can't mm. get rid of it. It's just there. It's clinging to me, mm. right? But I like to put it in a certain way, just some easy words, especially because I remember I was like, I didn't know crap about emotions or anything like that. So let's use some simple terms here and start with the basics and then we can build up from there. But if you can at all identify with what the hell I'm talking about, then I do have a solution for you. I've been there. I'm not there anymore. It's simple as that. I did this. I got that solution. I can show you the steps of how I got there. Mm. And I can assure you that it's <laughs> it's uh, simple, but it's not easy mm. because we all have challenges in different areas. Mm. But again, you, you don't have to do it alone. Mm. In fact, I don't want you to do it alone mm. whatsoever. Um, it's the best way, mm. the best way to navigate. Mm. If you got somebody overhead, mm -hmm. right? Yep. I mean, yep. that's what we do today. That's right. So what BRC does, okay? Just think of it more like this. They know where your destination is. And you're down here on the ground trying to go to the humps and the valleys and stuff like that. And, you know, they got those false ridges. You think you see the top, but once you get there, it's a false ridge. You know what I'm talking about? Colorado, yep, yep, right? Yep. Exactly. Yeah, I'm from Montana, I get yep. it, right? They're above that. They're just above that. Now, not, now, now don't misconstrue my words here. They're not above you as in they're better than you. No. They have a better vantage point because they've been there and they've already gotten there. And so they can see as you're down here doing this, they can say, no, keep going that way or turn left, turn right. You'll be there in no time, right? And so we need that kind of support, okay? That's, and look, they're up here. No one's kicking you in the pants or anything like that, yelling at you, whatever. No, this is a guiding thing. Mm. And that's what, that's what we all need mm. when we're in those low spots. Mm. I don't need to be kicked anymore, mm. right? If Man, if you heard the conversations that I had with myself in my head, mm. if I talked that way to somebody else, I'd get beat up. Right. You know what totally I'm saying? Totally disrespectful, yeah. Yeah. But we do it to ourselves. Correct. All day long. Incessant. For me, that was at least five years, mm. that last five years or so. Wow. Why'd you get yourself in this spot? How the hell did you let that happen again, right? What are you doing? Mm. Why can't you just mm. fucking put the boots on, man? Let's get going. Yeah. I can't do it. Right. I can't do it. Or if I do, I fail. I, I don't, I can't do it anymore. Mm. But you got to understand, it's not all you. <laughs> it's right. not all you, as you're saying. A big, big, big part of this is the disease right. that's inside of it. Right. And we got to take care of that. We got to right. take care of that. And then we can get moving in life. Mm. I love that, and and really, what that speaks to is y'all. It's it's us. Mm. It's the collective. Uh, we don't we don't leave people behind oh. um, under any circumstance. So let's 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 end with it. And this is definitely Gerard Part One. We will be back, brother, because there's other stuff we need to mine out of this amazing opportunity if with your life, but. Uh, you're familiar with the Makana Path program, absolutely, right? Do you know what Makana means? Uh, I no, I don't remember. I love that. See, I, I got this. 
I'm the new guy and I know something. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Hawaiian for gift. Uh, okay. Which is not going to make sense, right? I love it. So if Makana is gift, what was the gift in, in one or two words? And I'll share something with you before you answer so you can think a little bit that was given to you by BRC. Okay. This is what Mandy said. I said, as the leader, what would you hope the gift would be? And she thought for about 10 seconds and said, rest. Mm. And that might resonate with you too. I mean, it did with me. It's like rest, what, you know, rest that really, whether it's escape, get, getting away, mental rest, physical rest, we like that. So you can't say rest, but what would the gift or describe what you received from BRC? What was the gift? Yeah, that's so many, but uh, I guess getting that hope, that hope okay, back. Okay, back to hope. Right? And the rest thing, I get that. I got that 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 peace, mm. that ease mm. that I was looking for. I'm not diseased anymore. Mm. I'm more at ease than mm. I'm not diseased. Mm. And that's a, that's a priceless thing. Yeah. For a guy like me, anyway. Well, and, and when you say that, man, the guy like me is, again, um, replicating itself through every set of ears that are hearing your voice, right? They're just one step closer, perhaps, to saying, wow, um, that joker didn't sound a whole heck of a lot different than me. Um, matter of fact, I, I probably have it better than him, and he's sitting here, you know, having this conversation. So you've described a lot of emotional type things, emotive, um, the freedom and the joy, right? That actually comes from this new world, this new norm of sobriety. Give us a glimpse into what that meant for you and maybe even your family, but certainly for you. Well, I, I could really articulate that in 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 a few different ways sure. because it's it's there for sure but i'll choose to say it more like this for those of us like me that had trouble connecting to those kind of things mm. i'll tell you what it's what it is it's the opposite of waking up in fear of what the day's going to look like mm. it's the opposite of waking up wondering what the hell's going to happen it's the opposite of regretting what I did last week or last month mm. or last year. It's, <laughs> it's looking towards the future and seeing possibilities. It's looking towards the future and seeing that, yes, there's going to be some problems, but they ain't going to be these problems. Right. And if you know what I'm talking about, then you know what I'm talking about, mm -hmm. you know. My problems back then was, where the hell am I going to get enough money to get high and drunk today? And should I eat today or should I get high and drunk? Those are my problems. Wow. I don't have those problems today. Mm. It's, what do I want to eat? Steak, chicken, you know, that right. kind of thing, right. right? Different problems. We all have problems. We all have problems. But what I got now, I got better problems. Mm. I got way better problems. And I'm okay with that. Mm. Today, my biggest fear is how I'm doing 
in school right now. I'm back in college. Good. I'm doing all my grades. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do on this next test. Okay. Right. It's, it's it's not what my parents think about me. It's not am I am I in trouble in my relationships? It's not am I going to get fired? It's not am I going to get this job or not? Okay. So rather than talking about kind of what it feels like, I guess I'll tell you what it doesn't feel well, like. That's that's powerful. And so I, I really appreciate. Um, the opportunity to uh, dig a little uh, deeper uh, and hear your uh, articulation of a life story that we have not nearly uncovered, (laughs) just the tip of the iceberg, but it gives people an opportunity to understand that uh, there are people out there uh, in this recovery space that actually do care, that are doing the right things for the right reasons. And this particular program, as we're leaning into our nation's veterans, um, needs people like yourself that are nearly uh, 10 years sober. And, you know, you're, you're very similar to some of the other people I've had a chance to talk with. When, when the smile comes across the face, it's a body smile. No. It's a smile that emanates from the the soul. It's 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 clearly the opposite of disease. And so we just thank you. We collectively, everyone, I'm thanking you for the people that will be hearing this. Um, but I thank you specifically for enriching um, my life in this time um, and just trusting the process, man. And uh, really, really appreciate you coming on board. Absolutely. Thank you for having me here. And just. Last shout out you to bet. all veterans, man. Absolutely. I mean, look, and if you're struggling, let's let's get you some help. Let's right. get you some help. There's options out there for you. Right. You don't have to struggle. You don't have to feel like that anymore. You don't. And we can show you how. We can show you how that can happen. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, everyone, I couldn't have said it better. Uh, Gerard is uh, really uh, just brought this thing home. We uh, have the ability to have a changed life. We have the ability to recover. We have the opportunity for joy and hope. And we hope that this conversation today uh, gave you a glimpse into the possibility. So we thank you again for being with us today. Have a great day.